listening to Women Interviewing Other Women podcast from ArcelorMittal Europe Long Products segment. I am Valérie Benfares, Head of Talent Management for the Luxembourg Plants, and I'm also in charge of the diversity and inclusion for the segment. Our today's guest is Tessie van der Heden-Gounet, Manager of ArcelorMittal and Global Head of the group learning platform Content and Tools for ArcelorMittal University. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Valerie. I'm so pleased to be here. It's a privilege. I don't usually sit on this side of the question, <laughs> so I'm really excited today to answer a few, not be asking them myself. Stacy, you are describing yourself as educational evangelist leveraging technology and innovation to increase learning and performance. You have just introduced the Be Curious Learning Path within ArcelorMittal University. Can you please describe the objectives and framework of this initiative? Yes, this year the theme across all of our months is Be Curious. Every month we'll focus on a different topic with learning week in June this year, we'll say, be curious on purpose. So last year, we worked really hard on developing a learning culture. And we were so pleased that people really responded to the series of events that we had and the leadership that joined us and contributed their participation and their expertise and knowledge across all of these kind of global learning hour events. But we realized that there was a precursor that we were maybe had jumped over a step on the way to building the learning culture. And that was really the fundamental aspect of curiosity to really cultivating a sense of being curious would help us to maybe just get more people interested. You know, it's that's the intrinsic motivation that people need in order to create that, oh, you know, I really need to learn how to do X or Y. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. What's that like to be curious? And we're going to be providing every week a slightly different way of engaging with your curiosity. So that first Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday, it's not just mental health, although that's a huge one, but there's your physical health, obviously, but then there's your spiritual health. There's your financial health, intellectual health, which is this aspect of being curious and doing new things. Second Wednesday, leading by example, we'll get a lot of our leadership back to talk about what they're doing. People really like to understand that. The third Wednesday, super excited, AMU around the world. Mm. This is a huge company and we don't know sometimes about the, the areas of the business that are in other parts. So like today we were able to host a colleague from our DeFasco, then we'll be Spain, then we'll be in Liberia, then we'll hopefully be in India. So if you're somebody who's been in the company for a very long time and you have never had the opportunity to visit some of these places, we're going to try and give you a, a taste. And then the fourth Wednesday, we're bringing back our English education first English forum, which I think for the large number of people who are curious about how to develop their English skills. This has been a wonderful. Why do I call myself sometimes an educational evangelist and revolutionary? <laughs> Because I have had the privilege of seeing people's lives transformed by the opportunities to learn new things. You know, I think if I had to boil it down to something, I would say that when you decide to be curious about something, you open the door of hope 
And I think hope is the basis for all kinds of optimism and forward thinking. So for me, curiosity is just another avenue of kind of evangelizing that if you're curious and if you can create that intrinsic motivation, tap into it. And if you invest a little bit of time in that curiosity inside of you, it can literally change your life in these really incredibly powerful ways. So, and I'm sure you and others can give examples of that, of the way that learning or being curious has changed Mm -hmm. your life. I think this, this podcast right here might well be an example (laughs) of that. (laughs) Exactly. And you have spent most of your career in different colleges responsible to design programs and to provide learning solutions. Which similarities do you notice between student learners and employee learners? Gosh, that's a great one. Well, I was very privileged. I spent majority of my time in higher education in the States working with the community colleges. So those are colleges that are there available, sometimes for traditional learners coming straight out of high school. But many times my specialty, what was called remedial math or developmental math, So I got a lot of returning students of all ages. So I had a lot of adult learners. All of the majority of my students would have been 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. So it was a real motivation for me. And in fact, to teach people who are required to take math, who had been very much underserved by their previous educational experience, particularly in math. We all have something in our life probably that we tried to learn unsuccessfully and learning can be difficult. It's almost the same physical process. I use a lot of analogies, but you know, when you go to the gym, if you lift up something that's too heavy and you don't do it in the right way, what's going to happen? You're going to hurt yourself and the memory of hurting yourself is going to stick with you. And you build muscle in the same way you have to create effort. And it's the same way in the brain. When you have your synapses growing, when you start to learn something, a neuron will start to create dendrites that start to grow. In fact, they start to grow within two minutes of learning something new. Don't you wish you could have those kind of results in the gym where you exercise for two minutes and already the muscle is starting to grow? But what happens, you know, so there's what we perceive as a struggle in learning But we interpret that same physiological response to muscle growth as no pain, no gain, or Mm -hmm. I know I had a great workout because I can feel it the next day, right? And you feel it as positive. But when we talk about learning and we feel that kind of stressors, we don't interpret it in the same positive light, which I try to make sure that people understand the physiology of learning so that they understand that when something feels difficult, they understand what's happening underneath there that so that they can reframe it that this is an appropriate feeling of frustration or what you would call frustration that's the same equivalent as when you're picking up a weight it's just heavy enough that you feel that it's doing something for example there was a young say that's not young let's say in about my age now so she was in her mid-50s and she was in a class that we were using technology to help us to create an adaptive learning environment. So not a traditional class where everybody's working on the same problem set. So the technology allows us to personalize it in such a way that everyone is working at their own level. So Mm -hmm. they're not working outside their frustrations um, or in it. They're just enough along. And she sat there and I noticed she started to have tears in her eyes. And I said to her, 
is everything okay? And she said, these are tears of joy. For the first time in my life, I can do this. This has given me hope because I thought I couldn't do math. And when I thought I couldn't do math, I couldn't be a nurse. So I've been a nursing assistant for the last 25 years, wanting to be a nurse, not thinking that I could do the math in order to be able to, to do the nursing degree. And, um, you know, what can I say? It's inspiring. <laughs> Very inspiring. And actually learning, it's a powerful tool to give confidence back to people. Absolutely. According to your experience, Stacey, what are your best tips to develop those soft skills? You know what? I even think we need to come up with better terminology because soft makes it sound like it's easy. And those are the most difficult things to... I've learned how to code different languages and I would rather learn how to code any day than to relearn how to have difficult conversations with people. I think some people are starting to call them power skills because that's what enables you to be able to do any other aspect of your job. So if you don't have these kinds of power skills, it's difficult. My best advice for learning is, yes, you're going to get learning sometimes from an e-learning program or a book or a podcast, but that's information. That's knowledge. That's not wisdom. You get that from actually applying what you learn. And the way that you can do that is to practice. I know that sounds crazy. Sometimes you get to practice in safe spaces. You can do that with getting a group of people together and say, let's practice having this difficult conversation. So I always tell people, if there is something that you are going to do, don't make your first time the real thing. I mean, we don't do that in anything else in our life. You don't think that when we go and take a driving test, that that's the first time we got behind the wheel of a car? No. We give people lessons. We give people a variety of opportunities to do it in a safe environment with somebody with them who gives them immediate feedback. But somehow we just expect that people are able to perform these things in real life without any real involvement and supervision, you know, it's interesting because there are some jobs, if you're in customer service, they're not just going to give you a script and some training and turn you loose in the customer service. They're going to have you sit next to somebody and listen in on real calls for a period of time. Then they're going to have you handle some calls, but that person is sitting next to you, right? Then if you progress along there, you're going to become independent on certain topics, but maybe not all. And then at some point, if you continue, they'll have you be the teacher and teaching someone else. And this is the same model that we can use very easily. It does take time. I need to be able to share with somebody. I have to give them opportunities to make mistakes in a safe environment where the mistake quote is not being made on a real human and have outsized consequences and but that's possible but we have to intentionally create those opportunities and not just have it happen by accident and just to say oh well you learn from that you know that you have to ask for those opportunities most people are most more than willing to share their experience and their wisdom 
but you have to ask. Like you pretend to be my customer and I'll pretend to be your customer and you tell me why I should buy this. We say we love feedback. It takes a lot of courage to ask for it and even more intellectual humility to accept it and to adapt who you are to it. And so you have to be curious about your own performance. <laughs> we go back and be curious. <laughs> Great. Thank you, Stacey. As we're approaching the International Women's Day in a few weeks, can you describe what are you planning for us? March 8th, International Women's Day. The theme this year is Embrace Equity, which is wonderful. We're going to do a virtual one-hour event. This will be the third year that we've been privileged to highlight some of our female colleagues in different ways. The first year was really just to talk about the work that they've been doing. And the second year was to talk about the different types of roles that are open to everyone in the company and how people, their career paths have developed. And this year we want to focus in one subtext of Embrace Equity, which is to really talk about how to be an ally, how to be a good ally. This will be a little more personal because we want people to bring examples of how women and men, what have they done to really be a good ally for them? We want to hold those good examples up. So if people want to know, what does that actually look like in practice? What does that mean? If I was going to give an example, one of the colleagues that I've been privileged to know in several different roles, so we've kept in touch as, as both of us have moved on to different things. But she was very motivated to get her PhD for a very specific reason. There's a process. You have to write recommendations. They have to be long. It does require some investment of my time and attention to encourage people if that's their path. And she's now achieving her PhD this year. So that's just one way that I have done that for somebody. I have been the recipient of other people doing that for me who saw potential in me that I didn't even see in myself at that time. And I'm sure you have examples. And that's what we want to focus on. We want to focus on giving people real life examples so that they can say, oh, the next time they're asked to encourage somebody in the meeting or give somebody an opportunity, if you don't have to present it and somebody else needs that experience, that's how you can be an ally to somebody. Give them that opportunity. It's Whether you give one more presentation in your week doesn't mean anything to you. And it could mean something very special to that new person on the team that needs that. Mm-hmm. Mentorship. Just making introductions sometimes to people. Invite them over for the day to a different team to sit with you or have a lunch or a coffee. They're very small. They don't have to be big things. They can be very small things that we do that don't take a lot of time. But this is how... It's amazing when you go back, maybe you'd like to share one that I could see it, that you have, you have one, right? That yeah. somebody did something for you. A lot of people did. And I hope uh, I'm doing also a lot for other people. Exactly. You know, and, and I think, you know, we have to pay it forward and that's what I'm hoping that we can focus on. But the good news is this year is that corporate communications has launched an entire campaign that will be rolling out before this. And our event is just a little part of that about getting more people aware of the opportunities that are available for women in the company. So this year, 
There's going to be a whole social media campaign that corporate communications is leading. We're, we're following their lead and Europe communications is leading. And so this isn't going to be just a singular event. This is going to be, I think, something that is really setting the tone for the entire year. Great. Stacy, you have still time or not? A few more minutes. A few more minutes. <laughs> What is the best advice that you have received during your career? Oh, gosh. So many good advice. May I kind of say a couple of personal statements that kind of guide me? Sure. It's advice that I've gotten, but that I've kind of put into certain things. The first one is no one has to lose for everyone to win. You know, I don't have to be winning at something that means that you're losing. We both win together. Life is not a series of fixed pies. And if I get a piece, that means somebody else didn't, you know? Maybe there are a few occasions where that's the case, but this is not a sporting event. It's not the World Cup where there's only one winner at the end. So I like to approach most situations like this. That means that there is enough for everybody to go around. Either you're coming from a scarcity mindset where there's never enough, or you look for opportunities to expand and that there is abundance around you if you just look. So that's one. The second one is don't mistake kindness for weakness. A lot of people mistake it as a sign of weakness when it's not. It takes a lot of strength to say a kind word or frankly to say nothing at all when you just want to say something not so kind. Uh, that's something I try to practice. It's hard, but I think that we need to be more supportive of people that it's not just about what you do it's about mm -hmm. how you do it uh, maybe the third one is that failure is inevitable it, whatever you're doing there will always be setbacks so you you just have to keep marching forward right pick yourself up learn from it mm -hmm. be curious why you fell down but accept that's part of the growth process and don't look at it as something that defines you but as something that you are who you are because of that the successes as well as the failures. Great. Thanks, DC. Can I leave yeah. you with one thing? Of course. Because I want people to be curious. Hashtag be curious. I'm going to leave you with a riddle and I'm not going to tell you the answer. Just so you can go and reach out, send us an email at amu.contact at arcelormiddle.com. We'll tell you the answer, but I'm going to leave you with a riddle. Here it is. See if you're curious. A man is washing windows on the 25th floor of an apartment building. Suddenly he slips and falls. He has nothing to cushion his fall and no safety equipment, but he doesn't get hurt. How is that possible? If you're curious, reach out to us at amu.contact and we'll tell you how you can get the answer and probably a few other things as well. This is great. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jessie. You're welcome. Thank you, Valerie, so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. <laughs>